The setting is the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the turning point in all four of the gospel stories. And it's there that Jesus says to Peter, could you not stay awake with me for one more hour? It's a crushing question. Could you not stay awake with me for one more hour? It's as if he was saying, could you not just pay attention? Could you not be attentive to what's going on around you? This is the critical moment of the story, the point where everything turns. Could you not stay awake with me for one more hour? In the Gospels, Gethsemane, or the Garden of Gethsemane, this elevated garden near the Mount of Olives becomes this beautiful symbolic place where Jesus goes to rest and to pray and to be in community with his closest friends, to face his fears to face whatever is on the horizon of the future. And he says to his closest friend, after a nearly three-year journey, could you not pay attention for one more hour? And so this, this great word, attention, mindfulness, awake, is Gregorio in the Greek. And it literally means to stay awake, to be watchful, to be attentive or alert. William James has this fantastic definition of attentiveness, the sudden taking possession by the mind in clear and vivid form of what seems, of what seems several simultaneous possible objects or trains of thought. So attentiveness is our, our ability to narrow the range of stimuli to keep the single object present. It's sharp observation skills. It's concentration. Attentiveness is that edge of your seat awareness of what's going on around you instead of that lazy boy reclining back and sinking in. Attentiveness is like those people you know who know like the whole plot line of Star Wars and like are absolutely, they ask questions on Facebook like why did Finn hold Luke Skywalker's uh, lance, right? It's not the lance. It's, uh, come on, lightsaber. lightsaber. See, I'm not one of these, but I'm learning. And <laughs> So, so it's people that are attentive to, it's people that after the Star Wars movie are still talking through the plot line. That's attentiveness and it's, it's amazing, right? And unattentiveness is those of us who like to net watch on Netflix, sort of binge watch a show over and over and we just sort of let it go over. And there's nothing wrong, there's a difference between attentiveness and just rest. There, that's not what we're talking about. Sometimes we all just need that rest just to let our minds unplug but attentiveness, this edge of your seat, this keen awareness, this focus on what is going on around you. This is what Jesus is asking of Peter. Could you not pay attention with me for one more hour? So Mary Oliver, phenomenal poet of our generation. I, I just listened to On Being with Krista Tippett and uh, Mary Oliver's in her 80s now. And she says things like, with my pencil, I've been to the moon and back several times. Beautiful, wonderful things from this great American poet. Uh, she, said, she said this just quite heartwarming thing. She said, um, the Lord knows when I started writing poetry, it was awful. <laughs> this from like a Nobel poet winning uh, author. And she writes this simple, beautiful poem. She says, instructions for living a life. Pay attention, be astonished, Tell about it. And I love when I've been sharing this with people over the last couple of weeks and those people who get it have like a gut reaction right away. They're like, 
that's beautiful. And it's so simple. So our journey together today will be to talk about attentiveness, what it means to pay attention. And I think that the most important thing that I want to say today is that the path towards spiritual life this year is through attentiveness. And I learned that there's all these psychological surveys and studies done on athletes. And I learned this week that the success or failure of a college athlete's season depends on how well they concentrate in the midst of anxiety. So you can tell with everything going on there, 19-year-olds who are still taking classes, right? And then having to perform on Thursday night or on Saturday. And then they've got relationships and then they've got family and then they've got pressure of the media and how they're well they're doing with people talking about their performance weekly, right? On podcasts and on SportsCenter. And the success or failure of these athletes depends on their ability to be attentive to the moment to focus on what's important and to let go of what's not important. And I started thinking that, isn't that true for our lives as well? That the success or failure of our year this year, it isn't so much the fortunes that happen this year, whether we get promotions or whether the next big thing comes along and our vacation is spectacular. It's really how focused we are on the things that matter most, how we set our direction, how we set our intentions for this year. The path to spiritual life is through attentiveness. So we're in that garden of Gethsemane. And the passage, the fuller passage says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Could you not stay awake with me one more hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So if this is a turning point in the gospel, everything that came before it was just incredible, right? Jesus invites his disciples to be a part of this huge world-changing movement. He teaches them about compassion and about justice and about what it means to serve and love and forgive. And these disciples are invited to this epic world-changing movement And then all of a sudden, in the plot of this story, things start to unravel. Things don't happen like they should. The authorities get ticked off. The religious establishment threatens Jesus' life. And they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you can imagine that turmoil, that struggle, that this wasn't the way we thought our year was supposed to go, ending up close and near to a Roman cross. It was supposed to be about celebration and beauty and the world becoming new. Instead, we're in the Garden of Gethsemane crying and praying, unsure, uncertain of what's ahead of us. And we know that beyond this story is the awful reality of Jesus being handed over, Jesus being betrayed, a crucifixion, a scattering of this once hopeful movement of love that was supposed to change everything. And so we sit in that garden of Gethsemane, unsure, unclear, unable to be attentive and awake to what's going on. And And I wondered, aren't we all just like Peter in some ways? Doesn't it, isn't it often hard to stay attentive and alert to everything that we have going on in our life? Isn't it hard to keep that intention, to keep that direction? And so we relate to Peter. So we sit there in that moment. And I've often wondered, what does it mean, this time of trial, this temptation that Jesus sort of hints at? And what I think it means is that 
this story points to a deeper reality, right? So we know the crucifixion is coming. We know the cross is coming. But remember, the story at the end is that there is new life. There is resurrection. And it's interesting, like, we have all these sort of cute sayings about our life, right? Um, It doesn't get any better than this. Or, you know, uh, this year, 2016 is the year. And Jesus sort of tells it how it is, right? There are going to be many deaths in your life. There is going to be many heartaches on your life. There is going to be times where you feel so uh, blindsided by what's ahead. But remember, this story leads to new life. So even though you're going to face heartaches and tough times this year, you're going to find new hope, new life, a surging life that you never thought was possible. Because every time I have experienced in my life, literally getting blindsided, I have felt a new life, a new opportunity, something I never imagined possible. So what if the temptation that Jesus is talking about is that temptation to think that it's all meaningless, to just sort of edge out, to lay back in our lives, to sort of just, you know, push the pause button, kind of go through the motions in life, instead of to push the throttle, instead of to realize that everything we do has deep meaning in your jobs and in your careers, uh, the art you create, the relationships you're building. What if the temptation is to say, it's all meaningless. It's all heading to death and all it's going to be is heartache. So I'm just going to kind of put this holding pattern of life What if Jesus is saying, don't do that. Stay attentive, stay alert, because beyond this death, beyond this heartache is new and stunning and fabulous life. The path to spiritual life is through attentiveness, through being able to see through the darkest forest and to see that there is a light beyond it. I remember in eighth grade, I tried out for the Huron Huskies football team. Now, I was never much of a football player, and I knew because on day one, the coach looked at me and says, Dale Fredrickson, you don't like to hit, do you? And it was like, no, I don't like to get hit in those pads. Not at all. Not even a little bit because it hurts really bad. And thank goodness for players that can do that, but I did not like it. But I didn't tell him that, and I stayed on the team, and uh, I ended up, I ended up uh, becoming the tight end and then the running back. And I remember, but I was not, I was not a good football player, okay? And I remember that it came to, we got to play in the big stadium, like one game. It's like, you know, one game out of the season, they sort of like hook you in and say, you're playing the stadium underneath the lights. And our best player, we, he had a trouble with his equipment. And so there was a kick, there was a, a punt. And the coach was like, Fredrickson, go take the punt. And I'm like freaking out, right? Like I am the return person on this punt. I have no idea what I'm doing, right? And all I'm thinking is like, you idiot, catch that football. Just catch it, you know? Like it doesn't matter anything. And so I remember that it came and the lights were shining and I caught the football, but my friend was on the other team. His name is Michael Pinkert, 6'8", went on to play football at CU Boulder and he just leveled me, leveled me. And I remember like, and it was like terrible, you know, like I couldn't even breathe. And I remember I got up the ground and I still had the football. And in that next second, all the teammates were like, yeah. So I went from like the death and crucifixion to like new life right away, you know? And so my summary is pay attention, you know, because death and new life are much closer than we think. So this beautiful call from Mary Oliver to Jesus to pay attention 
to be attentive, to be alert. This is a call that rings true throughout the entire Bible. And I, I want to show you just a couple of these incredible verses that call us. In Exodus, it says, be attentive to all that I have said to you. In Proverbs 4.20, it says, my child, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. In Isaiah, it says, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear my speech. Again, in Proverbs, make your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. In Sirach 6.33, beautiful poetry. If you love to listen, you will gain knowledge. And if you pay attention, you will become wise. And then in 2 Peter, the most poetic of this group, you will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So this year, Jesus says it really plain. You're going to face some hard times. This is what it means to be human. You're going to face things you didn't expect. You had no idea were going to happen but pay attention because this is the God of new life who turns opportunities up on their side, who makes the morning star to rise within your hearts. So this year, I want to challenge you to pay attention. Pay attention because it is the pathway to spiritual life. Pay attention to your relationships, to your spouse, to your kids to what God is doing in a new friendship, a new relationship, what needs to be forgiven, what needs to be let go of, where do you need to have honest, authentic conversations with one another? In your careers, pay attention. Pay attention to new opportunities, maybe to opportunities you need to say no to. Pay attention to um, places you need to absolutely say this is not the opportunity, that where you can say no. Pay attention to God, to where God may be speaking to you, may be leading you, may be inviting you to deeper life. So I want to end today with a, a beautiful poem by Mary Oliver where she gets at the heart of that attentiveness once again. It's called uh, Mornings at Blackwater. For years, every morning, I drank from Blackwater Pond. It was flavored with oak leaves and also, no doubt, the feet of ducks. And always it assuaged me from the dry bowl of the very far past. What I want to say is, that the past is the past, and the present is what your life is, and you are capable of choosing what that life will be, darling citizen. So come to the pond, or the river of your imagination, or the harbor of your longing, and put your lips to the world, and live your life. Amen.